Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We ask and we say there is illumination. The eyes of our understanding is enlightened. There is no confusion in this atmosphere. Everyone can build you as we see ourselves in you. Your name alone is glorified, even as we are edified in the name of Jesus. Amen. All right, 2 Timothy 3. 2 Timothy 3. It says, as from a child, no, not as from a child, it's verse 16, 2 Timothy 3, 16. Uh, I'm not sure about how that it seems like I'm using the 16 more. I'm not using the 15. Uh, you will know why later. Uh, it says, All scripture is given by the inspiration of God, it's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction and instruction in righteousness. I think it should be making sense to us now when it says all scripture. When, and I mean, when I mean all scripture now, I mean Genesis to Malachi, right? Can we say, can we say the re. Mm, no, 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 don't quote me. Don't quote me. But can we say the Bible actually is actually Genesis to Malachi? Because the New Testament writers were expanding from there, right? And like we said, to approach today's issue, we'll look at how the New Testament also picked, the New Testament writer picked the Old Testament issues and approached it. And that will give us more light on how to approach it. Are you getting what I'm saying? So we say all scripture is given by the inspiration of God. We said inspiration is not God's dictation. It's the inspiration is a man being inspired, Theonistos in the Greek, God's breath, and it's like saying, like, like Ruach, that like the spirit of Genesis 1 coming again on man. And uh, when it says the spirit of God move upon the surface of the deep, and it says let there be light, you get it almost in that same trajectory. We'll explain that in, in a proper context later. And that says profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, and instruction in righteousness. And that says that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. And we are looking at in Genesis 3. Let's go to Genesis 3. Let's read it again. It says, Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field, which the Lord God had made. And he said, and he said unto the woman, Yea, had God said, Ye shall not eat of any tree of the garden. And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, Ye shall not eat it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die. In that sense, for God doth know that the day ye shall therefore eat it, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as the gods, knowing good and evil. And we, we have been looking at the serpent, the Nakash. We've explained the different ways we could see him, right? We said we, the Nakash can be in the behavior of calvaritis, the presence of God. We also saw the presence of healing, how we can see the Nakash. Now, let's look at the gods when he says, he shall be as the gods. And I explained to you that the gods is Elohim in the Hebrew. And this word Elohim is basically like, um, is basically used for Yahweh or other supernatural beings. And that is, when you say Elohim, it simply means gods, angels, Lord, God, um, Sons of God, different thing like that. So when it says Elohim, Hell, eh? 
okay, we can also put that also. Where was it? Mm, uh, we'll, put, we'll have to check that in more proper context. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yeah, we'll just check that properly. So, but you will see that it's, it's a description of a supernatural being. And it's used to describe the context of the writers in the supernatural world. So when he says in verse 2, <clears throat> And the woman said, Unto the serpent. Hmm. We said that word serpent now is nakash, right? And it implies diviner, an accuser, someone, one who opposes. Diviner, accuser, one who opposes. So when it says more subtle, it says, so when it says in verse 1, the serpent is more subtle than any beast of the field. In verse 4, you also see that word again. The serpent said unto the woman, ye shall not surely die. So, and we, we've settled so far in the, in, the, in the course of this Genesis 3 series, we said that that serpent refers to a spirit personality or a supernatural being. That means it's not a snake, right? But a being, a deity, right? We've we, we, we dealt with that. So, now, observe something carefully. In verse 4 and 5, it says, The serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die. In that says, but you know, for God doth know, that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. Mm. So from his description, the something the serpent said to the woman, and that he says, he says, you, you will not surely die, but you will be like the gods. When he says gods now, is he saying you'll be like me? Because we've, we've, we've explained and we've said, the serpent is a supernatural being, is one of the gods, true. So he says, you'll be like the gods, knowing good and evil. So that means, from the description of what the serpent is saying, he's trying to oppose what God has said to man. Because he says, you shall not surely die, for God don't know. And don't forget, there's a way Paul said that thing. We looked at what Paul said in 2 Corinthians 3. Look at the 2 Corinthians 11, sorry. 2 Corinthians 11. Let's go there quickly. Look at how Paul, don't forget, we, you remember how we started in our introduction? The New Testament writers, we pick the Old Testament narrative, right? And explain it to their world. And you get what I'm saying? Now, look at it, that's 2 Corinthians 11. How did he explain it? 2 Corinthians 11, 3. But I fear, lest by enemies, as the serpent began Eve, through the subtlety, so your mind should be corrupted from the simplicity of... So can we say the serpent deceived Eve? Guys, can we say the serpent deceived Eve? So that means that you shall surely... So that means, now, how was this? How was Eve deceived? You shall not surely die. Abby? Right? The statement. So that means, can we say that's a, a process of deceit? Because the past serpent said will be a subtlety deception, opposition about what God has said. So that means, look at something we've been looking at in this series. The supernatural beings has actively been involved in sin. We saw that they were involved in Genesis 6. We saw that they were involved in Genesis 11, right? We saw that now they are being involved in Genesis 3. I'm serving that. So that shows that 
Now look at in verse 13. Look at in verse 13. Look at in verse 13. Genesis 3 13. It says, And the Lord said unto the woman, What is it? What is this that thou hast done? The woman said, The serpent beguiled me, and I did it. Mm. Beguiled me. That means the serpent deceived me. <laughs> but do people really get deceived? <laughs> oh, look at that later. He says, Serpent deceived me. Hmm. Moses taught with the same pattern. Look at the taonomy. There's a way Moses taught with the same pattern. Because that's, there's a word he used there. Look at the taonomy 32, verse 23. Taonomy 32, 23. Taonomy 32, 33, sorry. Taonomy 32, 33. I'm going to be quite fast. I'm trying to work with my time. It says the wine is a poison of dragons and the cruel venom of hasp. Hmm. Look at how look at how David explained that thing. Psalm 58 verse 4. Look at how David explained it in, in his psalm. Psalm 58 verse 4. I'll, I'll, please, I would love you to upload to this thing. Because you know I always tell you the Bible will explain the Bible and the other writers are let me use the word Copying each other's notes. <laughs> Can we say that? Yes, it's like saying, look, let me tell you, let me tell you how it is written. You know, today now, all of you teach my sermon. You know, I also copy sermon too. <laughs> I also teach somebody's sermon. You also teach my sermon. Do you know sometimes there's a way you explain certain things and you look at yourself like, wow, I really did it better than Pastor. Have you ever felt that way before? Eh? Nobody wants to raise their hands. <laughs> Everybody is scared, like, hey, is this a trap? <laughs> Everybody is like, hey, I mean, I don't explain it better now. <laughs> oh, yeah, let's, oh, yeah, it's not a trap, it's not a trap. <laughs> oh, we have a fair now. Nobody still wants to confess. <laughs> but have you, have you had that feeling of explaining things better than the way I did? <laughs> Are you getting what I'm saying? You have felt it. <laughs> I have expanded. Okay, it's just like letter to the socialist Christian. The note that I used to write, the, I have my teaching notes. I have my teaching notes, right? And I can tell you, I can show you my teaching note and I can compare it. The, the note. Of letters to Jesus Christian that this 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 one worked on, <laughs> it's times four five of my teaching note, and I'm wondering when I read it, I'm wondering did I say this much? Because I had to go and look for my data. I compared it. Ah, I can I had. To, in fact, I've not picked the message. I want to. One of the things I plan to do. Before the material come out, is to pick the message and hear it again. What exactly did I say? Did this one hurt to it? Did it, you know? How, how, and the funniest thing is, I actually like it. I prefer it better than what I thought. That's, that's the sincerity. Because I can't lie. When I, I don't, I don't say it like that. I just, I, I just preferred it better than. And that's actually, now nobody will know that. 
When you read it now, nobody will know. Nobody will want to check my own teaching notes. Are you getting what I'm saying? That is interestingly. If if anyone Rogod, you can remember that day, that guy asked the question. He said it seemed like every other writer was repeating each other. I said, ah, yes. You will see semblance of what the Psalms, what Moses said in the Psalm. Now I will ask you, what will be in David's hand as the book of the law? Moses documents. So if he is going to write, what is in his front? Hey, 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 hey. Are you getting what I'm saying? Okay, when Isaiah will want to write, what will be the documents in his hand? Moses documents. So is it that they are copying each other? Hey, are they also not inspired? They are inspired. But they are inspired as a result of an inspiration that they didn't inspired. Let me use that word. If we are writing today now, don't forget we are just like I just I was reviewing uh, this evening. I was reviewing um, the the materials that we wrote on what happened in that two. It's it's actually in two parts. They couldn't put it in. <laughs> they couldn't put it in one. They couldn't put it in one. And I was having to check it again. And as I looked through it again, I was like, okay, now this thing eh, is actually Bible. And one thing I figured that I did in that thing here. Eh, I explained Bible upon Bible, scripture upon scripture, because I wanted to explain tongues and interpretation. That's all I wanted to explain. And I wanted to explain the myth of, okay, what was going on in Hearts 2, where people just speaking each other language, what is it all about. I explained the audience, I explained, so I had to go through it, just basically tongues beyond the day of Pentecost uh, issues. And I looked at it and I was like, ah, this Bible again had an inspiration from the same Bible. Are you getting what I'm saying? That is exactly how it is. So, David will write, right? But, where is he getting his inspiration from? Earlier materials. So, I... Okay, let me tell you one of the parts I, I totally agree with and I totally love. That they did for us with arranging the scriptures. Is the fact that if you want to understand the Bible, Read, if you want to understand a book, read the preceding one. That's just act. That's just common sense. Let's say you are trying to understand uh, the Taonomi now. Read the book before the Taonomi. Someone say, okay, what I want, if I want to understand Genesis? Read the Exodus. <laughs> if you want to understand Exodus, read Genesis. <laughs> You, that's one part I believe God did for us. <laughs> that is not, that I think, okay, they tried. You want to understand Malachi? Read the book before it. Are you getting what I'm saying? Oh, yes. You will really understand it. If you don't understand that one, read the book before that one. If you don't understand that one, go back to Genesis. <laughs> Just keep going back. Keep going back. I remember, I remember I said this years ago that you have to, we have to learn to read the scriptures backward. You know, I've been saying this thing years ago. We have to learn to read the scriptures backward. But many of the time we are too far. Go straight to, just go to Proverb, the wisdom of the wise man. <laughs> We're just speaking like that to understand. No. Uh -uh. Mm -mm. Anyway, my time is running. Look after 58, verse 4. It says, 
The poison is like the poison of a serpent. Hmm. Look at it too. The poison is a poison of what? A serpent. They are like deaf adder that stopped the ear. So that means we are seeing a figurative expression of a venomous. Are you see that there's a venomous or poisonous word that the serpents use? Remember, I was having it. All right, look at Psalm 91. It will make sense. Psalm 91, verse 13. Psalm 9, and then I go to this Psalm 91. There's somewhere in my heart, I still have that fear of my mother. Still asking me, recite Psalm 91. And, and the funny thing is, I, I, if there's any year I thought I, I really explain Psalm 91 or use Psalm 91 as a teaching the most, is this year. I, I think we did it in uh, Supernatural Every Day. We did it in Psalm 91. Even we did it in Cutting Your Blessing. We did it in quite a lot of teachings. Even our face confession works. We had to use it. And anytime I had to open it, I'm, I'm being sincere. Anytime I had to open it in, in service, I'm having that fear of my mother like, recite Psalm 91 for me. So as I just did it, as I just say, let's go to the next one, I, that thing came again on me. <laughs> and it's been how many years? I think the kind of trauma you allow your child to go through really matters. So you have to, as you are raising your children, I beg you, please help them with the right kind of trauma. Are you getting what I'm saying? Please, I beg you. Are you? You said what? Okay, okay. Um, raise them with the right. Kind of experience, please. <laughs> now we're all this English now, I beg. <laughs> With that kind of experience. Because me, as I just called this Psalm 91, like, that fear still came on me. Like, open to Psalm 91, and I, I have it. I, the, the truth of the matter is, any time, I remember there was one time in Glory Night, I had to, I had to use it. And you guys did not understand. A fear came on me. I just had to contain my, and I was already teaching you. I just had to contain myself, like, he. <laughs> Sometimes I would not, and that device it means, I would just quote it without opening it. You, you will understand. I would just, eh? I would just quote it without, it's PTSD. All right, look at Sound well. I'm killing the fear by power of God. <laughs> I will call my mother and tell her. I say, Mommy, do you know? That is your fault. Anytime I see open sound like I'm still scared of you. He say, eh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, look at sound like one verse 13. It says, Thou shalt tread upon the lion and the other, the young lion and the dragon. Thou shalt what? Trample on that feet. So you see that there's a venomous and poisonous words. That means there are words. One thing about all this, um, and that's the word Ada, dragon, serpent, those are the things. Is basically like saying their words are poisonous, venomous. Have I taught you? Have I taught you dealing with the attacks of the enemy? No, like in um, sight and sounds, mission is possible. I've not done it, but I've talked about it before. Dealing with the attacks of the enemy, how the enemy used poisonous words to 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 destroy the minister of the gospel, accusations, poisonous words, and scandals to come bring. Have I said that? Uh, but I've not now. I've just not taught you how to deal with that. Okay. <laughs> no, I beg. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll teach it, dealing with the attacks of the enemy. Interestingly, it's a teaching that Kennedy again taught. My pastor wanted to play that teaching for us in WCC 2020, I won't forget. 
He wanted to play. He said he doesn't want to teach it. He wanted to play it. But something happened with maybe the way they wanted to play it. He now taught it. <laughs> and that thing really blessed me. Dealing with the attacks of the enemy. Oh boy. There's, 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 a, there's a way to deal with things like that. As, as a ministry, we are going to face attacks, all of those things. But So the words of serpent is poisonous words, venomous words. They are disruptive words, accusatory words. So those voices of condemnation in your head, what is speaking? That's the serpent talking again. You are not righteous. You are not holy. That's the serpent. Accusatory words, evil words, words that will cause the hearers to stumble. Those are the activities of the serpent. So you see that the serpent is still very much relevant in our today's world. <laughs> oh yes, we are still dealing with it. So what, do you see that what happened with Eve was she gave it to that poisonous words. So the activity of the serpent is prim- So let me tell you, the activities of the serpent is primarily say, seen in what was said. With the words, what was said, and that's what's to explain, and that's actually to explain this thing where it says to cause another to stumble via deception and opposition. So, what's the activity of the devil? What's the activity of the nakash? What's the activity? That's why do you notice that they call the devil the accuser of the brethren because his work is to oppose what God has said. That means if God has said you are righteous like this. What is the devil coming to do? Is to make you see reasons why you are not righteous. It will bring thoughts, bring evil condemnation, bring things to make you feel like you are not holy. Are you seeing it? So that's why he says he's the accuser of the brethren. And it's what his things are primarily seeing what he said. So that means if the if, let me tell you something. It's like saying you want to see that you are not, let's say, let me tell you something. That voice, and that I have to reteach dealing with. I, I, I'm not satisfied with what I did in dealing with anxiety. I've, that, that's interestingly why I'm not. That's interestingly why the the write up that she made. I, I, I don't want to release it here because as I saw the write up, I, it made me have a reflection of the message again. I feel I want to teach it. I want to reteach it again in another. I will just probably call it another title. Maybe deal with anxiety part two. I, I really need to explain certain things again because. A whole lot of people, the reason why they fall into the anxiety issues is actually that voice of the accuser. It's actually that voice of the serpent speaking again to their ears, telling them, you are not good enough. You are actually very terrible. You are actually very bad. Just be isolated. And that's not what God has said. And the work of the accuser is simply to contradict what God has said. It has been like that since Genesis. So it's still happening today. So that means if God says, you are going to preach the gospel all throughout the whole of Rochester. What will the devil come and say? You can't do it. Why? You are not qualified. How are you sure? I remember, I remember one of the voices that came to my when I first came into this city was to carry your bag and go back. You will fail. You have always failed in life. How are you sure you are going to pass now? Eh? I'm not telling, I'm not joking. I heard it very strong. It was like I heard it like I was hearing God. That's why some people say the devil does not speak. No, I, this, was, this was it. You have always failed in life. Why are you sure you will not fail again? Eh? <laughs> I started telling him, I said, no, I'm not going to fail. I believe God's word. I thank God for the kind of word that, that I came with. Take both steps. 
to start that church. So I started speaking, I'll take Booster to start the church. And he said, and, and how my pastor said it was, take Booster to start the church. Um, you will not fail. You will not uh, stop. Uh, you will not. Uh, uh, you will not fail. You will not. Ah, oh, forgot it. You will not fail. You will not fall. Um, his word. His word concerning your life will come to pass. I forgot it. I said. No, but that's what that, that's what it brought me. Reverse conversion to I will not forget it. Reverse conversion to I will never forget it. He just said that. Uh, and that's what came to me. I went, as soon as I got to this city, he just said, oh, see, no house. You see, nothing. Just, just carry your bag and go. Somebody else will come and do it. You don't have to just do it. You just enjoy your life. Ah. <laughs> so, the, that, that's actually, I mean, if you, I mean, if you, now, you, are, you are looking at your life and you are hearing, you are remembering those times you heard those voices. Oh, yes. That's the serpent again talking to you. <laughs> That's actually the serpent. That's the Nakash. Tell you, hope you know that. That you did 10 years, 5 years ago. And that's why you see a lot of people. They don't know. And that's why, if you listen to dealing with anxiety, one of the things we said is, if you know how to remember what God has done, it will really save you from anxiety. I don't know if you remember that we said that. That just remember what God has done. But a lot of people now stay in that past failure, in that, oh, it doesn't work out, oh, I'm not good enough, oh, I'm terrible, oh, I'm a bad person, oh, I'm, and you see some people say, I'm a bad bitch. Some people call themselves that way. Do you know why they've called themselves that way? People have seen them that way, then they, they've accepted that reality to say, I'm a bad bitch. That's what every guest says today on I won't say every game because you, you, I don't believe you guys say it. So, it's every, almost people say, I'm a bad bitch. What's that? And you know that that's the voice of the accuser to make them now feel like they're the bad bitch and they'll start acting like a bad bitch. Go and check in now. They'll put it on their comment section, bad bitch things. <laughs> but I had to say that word. So say, password is password. I've said it because that's what is relatable to our world. <laughs> bad bitch. Bad, uh, which other one here? Yeah. There are things that girls say. Um, men say, um, um, I'll, I'll, I'll look at one that I saw recently that I had to, I almost messaged the person, but I just stopped. <laughs> because sometimes I used, to, I used to be tempted to talk to the person. I saw one, it's a guy, it's a uh, badass nigga, yes. Some like, yeah, I think it was a badass nigga. Uh, yeah, badass nigga, yeah. Something like that. Women to do crazy ass, crazy little ass bitch or something. Um, and, they just, um, and they just call themselves those things, not knowing that they are picking the venomous words of the. Do you know what they are doing? Let me tell you. I'm, what I'm doing with you now is a wider application of Genesis 3. Have you seen it? I'm doing a wider application of Genesis 3. That is relatable to our world. That's what I'm doing now. What they're doing now is, as God really said, you should not eat it. So they now say, no, you shall not surely die. No, you are really a bad bitch. I mean, there's nothing wrong with calling yourself a bad bitch. Then they pick that word and they accept the reality of it. That's all. So it's probably they heard it on the TV or they heard the musician say it. They heard somebody say it and they just started calling and saying, I'm a bad bitch. And from there, the venomous words of the devil comes in them and it changes their identity. 
Then when you say they are righteous today, they will tell you, no, I'm a bad bitch. When you tell them they are holy, you tell them that you are the new creation in Christ, they tell you, no, I've done a lot of things. I'm a bad bitch. I ain't nah. And that reality stays so much in their mind. No, you are not a bad bitch. I, 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 I'm appreciating the message we thought on there's nothing wrong with you. I, I, I think I want to do a sequel. Because I found out that it's... I had to give some, some people... I, I was handling some cases in, the, in this last week, this past week. And it's about some... I, I won't say it because I know the person might even listen to this. Though. It's about some issues. And I, I saw the effect of what we thought on there's nothing wrong with you. It's really going to correct the mindset. And I can't wait for us... To, thank God we, we, we already wrote it as a... As a paper, and I believe it's going to really help a lot of people to see their reality clear. I think one of the things we've done this year is to, and even a fresh start, I saw how much a fresh start can change the life of somebody, just in the name of saying that, oh, I really can start my life afresh. Are you seeing it? Just through my words and all of those things, you know? So, so all those things, I'm a bad bitch. No, you're not. It's the voice of the accuser coming again. A Christian can't be a bad bitch now. And that's why it seems like I, I talk about all those things when I'm talking about identity. When I say, you're not a sanguine, you're not a melancholy, you're not a cancer, you're not a Libra. You're who Christ has called you to be. Because the very minute you accept another reality that it is not your own, you are indirectly taking the voice of the accuser as yours. You are taking a false accusation of yourself. You are seeing a false identity of yourself. Am I making sense? So that's why... When the condemnation voice comes, now, there's a difference between condemn. now let me explain it to you. There's a difference between condemnation and feeling bad about what you have done. It's okay, you should feel bad that you did the wrong thing. Are you getting what I'm saying? But feeling bad should not result into condemnation. The reason why you feel bad is because you are born again. Those who are not born again will kill somebody and not feel bad. Are you getting what I'm saying? So you will feel bad and say, oh, I'm wrong. And there's nothing wrong with telling God I'm sorry. Are you getting what I'm saying? There's nothing wrong. At least it even helps your mind. Are you getting what I'm saying? There's nothing wrong with saying I'm sorry. There's nothing wrong with at least straightening things, straightening up your relationship with God and say, oh, Lord, I'm sorry. Oh, this. Oh, are you getting what I'm saying? But when you're now sliding into condemnation, when the devil starts saying, oh, you can't pray. You are just, you are just a bad little bitch. <laughs> you are just a bad little bitch. You are a very terrible person. You, you don't even have redemption. And you know that? Look, I mean, if I've observed something, there's just something you will just start saying about yourself. Just as a, I'm actually very terrible. I, mean, I used to say that thing before. I, I used to say that thing before when I was much younger. I said, I'm a very moody person. I'm very moody. I can be like this today, tomorrow I switch. <laughs> And the thing I started accepting a false reality. People can tell you, I started accepting a false reality. So today I'm just like this. Tomorrow I'm jovial. I said, no, it's my, it's just me. <laughs> it's just me. <laughs> false identity. Some people will say, some people because of the bad things they've done, they'll just start saying, I'm actually, very, I'm actually a very terrible person. You know, what? I don't know if you've heard those people say those things before. Do you know what is happening? The serpent. The voice of the accuser coming again to give them, and the more they keep saying those things, because the devil knows the import of words. You know, I told you that that it is words. The more they keep saying those things, right, the more they keep seeing their reality in it, 
and it seems like the devil is now winning. So what do they have to do? They have to listen to a fresh start to start again. <laughs> to use their word to correct and say, no, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I'm who God says I am. I am what he says I am. I can do what he says I can do. Who the Son of Man has set free is free indeed. I'm the new creation in Christ. I'm sanctified. I am justified. I'm washed by the blood. You know, you say those things. You come back to your identity. That is who I am. I'm not a bad bitch. I'm not a crazy little nigga. I'm not, nothing is wrong with me. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Oh, fuck you, nigga. I'm not, a, I'm not, a, I'm not all those things. Oh, um, we should have one again. I'm not all those things. I am what Christ says I am. You know, he's not saying, I really have a problem. Are you seeing it? He's not saying, it's just complicated. It's just ish. Is, I just, I just, some people just say, I'm just so confused. You know, I tell you, don't say it. I'm not. This is say, well, it's just me. This is just my life. Oh, no, I'm actually moving for, I'm upward bound with the world. Hallelujah. I'm upward bound with the world. I used to see the wide application now. I just, I just did it. It's just like that classwork we did. I just did a, a wide application for you now. So now, so we said, Adam's seen as an involvement with supernatural beings, right? And he's not the literal serpent. So we said Genesis 6 issue is literal being, right? um, supernatural, right? Genesis 11, supernatural. Genesis 3. So can you say that? We have to re... I think next year we have to look at sin again now, right? What is now sin? Since sin from the very beginning, he had an involvement with the supernatural being. Are you seeing it? Ah... Uh, so when he says, and we said that in Genesis 3, go back to Genesis 3, verse 9 to 11. Am I blessing you tonight? Genesis 3, verse 9 to 11. And the Lord God called unto Adam and said unto him, Where are thou? And he said, I heard that voice in the garden. I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. And he said, Who told thee that thou was naked? Thou hast eaten of the tree where as thou commanded thou should not eat. And I explained to you that thou would eat and live is to explain obedience to God's voice. When it says eat and live, that's a... So eat and live is obedience to God's voice. Obedience. Obedience and not to eat. Not to eat. Not to eat is... To explain death or disobedience to God's word. You can just put disobedience. So we can say this one is dependence. Obedience, dependence. And disobedience, independence. Independence means you want freedom. And dependence means you are relying on something. Did you see? When they say Nigeria gain independence, Nigeria gain freedom from the British. <laughs> that was actually, I knew that word independence from a young age. I just knew that independence means freedom. Uh, okay, so look at Genesis 3.22. Genesis 3.22. And the Lord God said, and this is very key. 
and I, I need us to pay attention to this part. He says, Lord God said, Behold, man is become as one of us to know good and evil. And now, lest he put forth his hand and take also the tree and eat and live forever. Hmm. That will live forever is from the Hebrew of Sham Holam. Hmm. Let me explain it to you. Because the, it says that they will live forever. That's the word Shaya. C-H-A-Y-A-H-O-L-A-M. Which shows the internal promise of God. That will live forever there. It shows the internal promise of God. That is, and the term live implies to come back from the dead. That word live is like just like coming back from the dead. And since at this point, Adam did not accept God's image, which is his spirit in man. Now, what's the message that they put? To them. What's the message? Genesis 1 26 that God created man in his own image, in his own likeness, after his, his dominion, they shall have dominion over. They did not believe it. That's why the devil now came to tell them, You will become like me. They did not believe what God has said. Are you, are you getting what I'm saying? But you must know that there's a conversation from the very beginning. They don't just see that. We, and you know, we've talk, we said that it's not just a fruit, it's not a physical tree. That means it's the conversation that the devil is reminding them of. What will be the conversation? Genesis 1 26. God has said, This is who you are. They now say, No, I don't want it. <laughs> I want to be like the serpent. Are you, are you getting what I'm saying? I'm just giving that in the literal side. So now, it now says, Man has now become, it now says, God said, Man has become one of us to know good and evil. And now, let's just put forth his hand and us. Take of the tree of life and live forever. I explained this actually in Let There Be Light. And I says, and live forever. So that word live forever there, and we said it's from the word Shaya Holam, and it shows the internal promise of God. Anything you see, live, and live simply implies to come back from the dead. And don't forget, Adam did not believe now. Adam, and when I say Adam, I'm talking about both the male and the female. Because Adam simply means man, humanity, Adama in the Hebrew. Adam and Eve were both. So, look at the verse 24. So, he drove the man and he placed the, he drove out the man and he placed at the, and he placed at the east of the garden of Eden shoes and flaming swords which turned every way to keep the way of the tree of life. So, he sent them forth. It's like, it's like, say, he did send forth for them. <laughs> So he sent them forth. So he drove them out and placed. Look at in verse 23. It says, And the Lord God sent him forth from the garden of Eden. That was sent forth implies man's action. That sent forth. It's not today where you say, I'm doing sent forth. In fact, it's even your, it's even your action. When they say they're doing sent forth for you, you are the one that graduated. If you repeat it, they will not do sent forth for you. <laughs> so it says, Sent forth implies man's action. And that's the action is called sin and the will of man. And all of those things. I, I want to be quite fast because I've explained these things in Let There Be Light. Now, when it now says, um, so he drove out. That word drove out is the word garage. Pay attention to this very Hebrew word. It's going to resurface much later. Garage. So when it says drove out, like go away. Garage. Garage out of this place. <laughs> Parash is which one? Garage is what? Drove ahead. Uh-huh. That simply means to put away, to trust out, to put away. 
So, Genesis 2, Moses thought that God put man in the Garden of Eden, in his sacred place. We said that God put man in his Garden of Eden, in his sacred place. And Genesis 3.24, the writer said that they were garashed. That means Adam chose to disobey God, and yet he was thrust out of the garden. That is, he was put away from the garden. So that means we said, look at something we said in um, Genesis. I'm refreshing your brain in Legend Be Light now. We said, Moses explained death as separation from God. How many of you remember? We, we explained that. You guys have to pick Legend Be Light again to understand Genesis 3. We said, Moses explained death as separation from God and unbelief. Um, in God's voice and garage consequences of mass action and all of those things and man was also put in exact situation that is the way also away from the presence of God we also look at direct where it says um, direction to the um, the way the way and the direction from the tree of life from there and all of those things but let's look, look at something I want to really explain where it now says um, to keep the way in verse 24, to keep the way of the tree of life. That word keep there is from the word shama, S-H-A-M-M-A-R, shama. And it implies to be aware of something or to see it. To be aware of something or to see it. So that means man is still aware of the tree of life. It actually means that the way to the tree of life is not an hindrance. Rather, the way shown to man is the tree of life. So that means, let me say, let me tell you, it's very, very possible that Adam repent, that Adam could have repented, because the tree of life they still know it, they still know the right truth, they still know what to believe. Are you getting what I'm saying? That's basically what I'm trying to say. So man's will was exercised in the obedience of God, and God never created man. And I've been saying it in this series, and I think I need to emphasize it again. God never created man to be independent. That craving our heart for freedom. Oh, we don't want to be controlled. We don't want this. We don't want that. It's not God's plan. I'll tell you the truth. It's not. That's why even look at the epistles. There's proper leadership, right? Look at even the book of Acts. There There was proper leadership. Because God created man to have that. But look at something, though. Now, now, now that is in that is actually now I'm explaining this in the context of the world issue because somebody will say, Pastor, but you said man God did not create man to have dominion over man. That's the truth. Mm-mm. It did not. We will look at dominion again next year. We'll look at the believer's authority again next year, the authority of the believer again properly. I will situate it again. I think I teach I think I teach something around authority every year now, right? I do. So we we'll look at that every. We we'll look at that next year, especially now that we have been able to look at the supernatural space and all of those things. It will be sweeter to to explain those things again. To know our authority. So man was in God's sacred place. So we said the will of man was exercising the obedience to God, and that means Adam did otherwise. Adam did not believe the gospel. So that means man. So man was in God's sacred place. We said that. What's the sacred place? The garden, right? There's a teacher I was teaching yes to sometimes uh, God's uh, God's holy ground, God's sacred place. I'll always I'll teach you that uh, place. It's just like this place we are in now. This as we are seated like this gathered, we are actually in God's sacred place. Do uh, I? So because the garden of the believer is supernatural in nature. Oh yes, very supernatural. 
So I'm so glad that our name is Supernatural Community Church. <laughs> that means maybe God was foreseen because I don't think I have this knowledge when the Lord told me it's going to be a supernatural church. Actually, that's how I actually heard it. When I was praying, I just heard and this I don't think I've shared this story before. Have I? Yes. I have? Oh, okay. I was just praying one day and the Spirit of God just said, it's actually a supernatural church. And that's, that's how I heard it. Ah. Then I started studying. What's supernatural? That means the Word and the Spirit. Hey! So I knew we have work to do. I knew. I just heard it very clear. It's the supernatural. It's a, it's a supernatural church. That's why it seems like it, it might mean different things too. But me, I just talk with it. It could mean that the activities or the practice in the church will be supernatural. <laughs> Are you getting what I'm saying? But I just talk with that phrase. The thing did not leave my... In fact, when we wanted to give it a different name, there was one name that was on my heart then. Um, no. There's another one that I wanted to change it to. Um, I think Glory Harvest House. Something like that. Or Harvest... Harvest community or some or harvest house, something like that. Oh no. <laughs> or glory. I wanted to I'll 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 go and check my archive. I I have thousands of notes on my phone. I'll go and check it. What I I'll check it and tell you maybe on Sunday. Uh, what I wanted to what was I had the list of things I wanted and so I was giving I was asking my friend, what do you think? What do you think? So most people just went to his supernatural. Actually, that's why I talk with this. <laughs> what do you think? What do you think? So I, there was one something light, 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 light church, light the light, the light church, something like that. TLC. I know it's some. I wanted one. I wanted something. Jeep, jeep. The light. The light song. I. I I'll, I'll look for it. I'll show you. I'll look for it. So man was made to function in both the natural and the supernatural world. So are you seeing that? Now let me show you something. For a supernatural being, and I want you to think now. I, I tell you, I will, I will not make you think today, but you got to think. Think this one. Are you seeing that? For the Nakash, the devil, the supernatural being, to be involved with man in the deception and in the sin, it shows there's something spectacular about man. There's something they are probably hiding that we have. There's something that shall spot you and say that nothing blessed me. Both the devil and God, they are after souls. <laughs> and that thing, that thing just changed. Just, that thing made me think. The devil and man is, the devil and God is after souls. So now, he now says, for God does know in verse 5, let's, let's look at this as we gradually begin to close. I want to, I don't want to stay too long on this. Um, but are we learning? It's making sense? Don't worry, just, this is just introduction. As we progress in other teachings, we would, we'll elaborate more. I know that most of you are wondering, ah, Pastor, there's some questions in my heart. I know the questions. Calm down. Give it, let's give it time. Let this one marinate. <laughs> let this one marinate. Let it be juiced in your heart. 
Alright. Genesis 3.5. It says, For God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be like the gods. Now that word gods there is from the Hebrew word word. Elohim, right? And we said Yahweh is used for Yahweh, all that supernatural resource of God, angels. So that means Genesis 3 is an interaction between man and a supernatural being. You know, I told you something. I said, uh, I think it was Genesis 6 or Genesis 11, we're looking at something. And I, don't, I think we looked at idol worship, right? And we said, man is a communicator. Man is that bridge between the natural and the supernatural world. And we said, those idol worship thing is like those image. Maybe, maybe I'll bring pictures to you guys to, to see that as we progress in this, our studying supernatural world issues. And I will, I will make you see that when it says man was created in the image of God, we'll approach that image again and we'll see it that, oh, okay, hmm, is there something, because, hmm, let, me, let me skip that. I don't, want to, I don't want to get you thinking too much. In Genesis 3, so we said man had an interaction between supernatural beings and, and um, man had conversation with the supernatural being. And we said serpents was typified gods, deity, in the Near Eastern culture, right? And the, word, and the reason the name Nakash was derived, Nakash, it simply means divination. And we said that word Nakash is used by the Old Testament author and was a... There's a book I read when we're in Mission is Possible, Theology of the Old Testament or something. I can't find it, but I don't even know if that's the title. And that opened my head. It's one of the books I read during Mission is Possible, when I was preparing for Mission is Possible 2023. Um, there's one I read, I finished it. There's another one I picked up, I couldn't, it was, it, it, the thing almost destroyed my, my thing, I was thinking, I have to, I even have to go and look for that book. And there's something I saw there that, that stood out to me, especially with the Near Eastern culture, and it helps me to see that, oh, we have to approach our study of the Old Testament somehow with their culture and look through it. A lot of people don't know that even topology, when I mean topology, that is geography, is very pivotal to the writings of scripture. When they say Jesus stood at the coast of Caesarea or Philippi, Jesus stood at, just uh, went to Galilee, those things are not, they're not writing those details for us to just be enjoying to go and be sightseeing it to do. <laughs> Those topology, topology, geography, the geography of scripture really matters. It really matters. If, let, let me tell you, if it didn't matter, Garden of Eden would not have mattered. Because they had to use a place that is beautiful to typify the sacred place of God for us. Are you seeing it? So the geography of scripture really matters. It really does matter. And we'll look at that as we progress in our studies. There's, there's a lot. I want you to say that this thing is really internal study. I've seen it that we are going to be on Bible study for years. I, I trust God that next year uh, we'll do a book study. I think we are ripe on it. I think we are ripe. When I mean book study, maybe we'll pick a. Um, we'll do a teaching on explaining the book of maybe Romans, Matthew, or Mark, or something. I will start New Testament. I won't do Old Testament. <laughs> or if I thought I would do this, I would do Obadiah, those short, short Obadiah, Joel, Homeos, 
those short shots, those were our three, three chapters or four, four chapters. So I will not stay too long. Hey, but it will just help us. Oh, Psalms, eh? You are who? Ecclesiastes. Eh? No, I guess I see we can do that one, but that was not a problem. But I want us to do, uh, <laughs> I want us to do book study. At least one book, all right? Let's, let's approach it again. Uh, in fact, I'm, I'm, more, I'm more careful now with approaching the New Testament teaching because now we have to use the lessons of the New Testament to see it. It's not just... Before, I would just approach it and say, in Christ's reality. <laughs> I just feel like, oh, it's done. It's finished. But to, today, I was looking at something with the Pauline prayer. This, this, just this afternoon, this evening, I had to pick up the Pauline prayer again. And I say, he, that your eyes of God, I had to pick that in. Say, the eyes of God started delighted that you will know, you hope, see his hope of his glory. That should take you back. Hope of his glory. Glory of God filling the earth. Show me your glue. You, you have to go back. I, I was just thinking, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, say my hair won't blow. <laughs> that was what was happening to me this evening. Ha! Since the eyes of our side were enlightened, to know the hope of his glory, to uh, that, that you being filled with all fruit of his right. Ah. My eyes was like, hey, what have I what have I been praying? This prayer, because don't forget, where would they get the prayer point from? Are you getting what I'm saying? So that means if you don't even understand what the prayer has meant in the Old Testament, we don't be saying, Yes, but <laughs> open to what? We have to understand what is for both to write it, it means he's writing the scripture. Are you getting what I'm saying? Are you because He's praying a prayer for them that the church is already praying. Don't, okay, where would the church see their prayer point from? Yes. So you see that we now, there is nothing wrong. You see when I gave you this second chronicles, thing, somebody say, so somebody asks me, I don't know who is that. I forgot this one. Pastor, these times are season. I don't understand. I say, ah, we say it's the season of our pouring and the children of uh, Isaac and understood the times are season. Uh, most, you see, don't, don't worry, most of our prayers from, from next day is going to be Old Testament too. So that we will start praying like the early church. So that way, when we now look at how the Pauline prayer math, we will see it will say, oh wow, it makes sense. Are you getting it? So in conclusion, let's, let's conclude. Adam was given access into the supernatural world where God worked with supernatural beings. And I think I've done Genesis 4 with you guys. Cain, uh, issues, right? So, and you also see in Job where it says, uh, uh, the first man, he referred to him as Adam, and uh, where it says, the secret, where it says, sword, where it says, um, in Job 15, verse 7 to 8, Job 15, 7 to 8, look at Job 15, 7 to 8. Job 15, 7 to 8. It says, Are thou the first man that was born, or was thou made before the hills? As thou heard the secret of God, does, and dost thou restrain wisdom to thyself? So by mentioning that 
by, by mentioning that he was talking about the first man and he referred to Adam. So when he says the secret, that word is the sword. Now look at that Job 15 verse 7 to 8. I want us to read it again. Art thou the first man that was born, or hast thou made before the hills? Hast thou heard the secrets of God, and thou restrained the wisdom to thyself? So when he says first man, dear, who will be the first man in your mind? Adam, right? Okay. When now use the word secret, that word secret is the word is the Greek word sod, sword, and it and it implies the company of persons or an assembly, the company of persons or an assembly, the company of persons or an assembly. So when he says when he says um, so we will say that means. And we say the word God, which is lit in small letter G, where it says the secret of God, is the word L O I, deity or a spirit being. So when it says secret of God there, simply refers to company or assembly of God. So we have a supernatural word where Yahweh or God, as it were, why do I use Yahweh? I'm using a distinction. Yahweh is like the real, the supreme God. Are you getting what I say? Yahweh will walk with supernatural being. So Anadan was the first man. And was given access to that assembly where God walked with well, Now, this is something we'll study later. <laughs> Adam was given that access to see how God walked with the supernatural. So Adam's interaction was a supernatural content. So you see that you can't understand Genesis 3 or even the book of Genesis without understanding the supernatural world. Have you ever seen it? In fact, let me say you can't understand the Bible. If we don't have a supernatural world context, I don't see it. So is it that things are not just as natural as it seems? No, it's not. Okay, now let's look at how the New Testament writers talked about serpent to tell you that it is reaching all through the scripture. Look at Luke. Look at how Luke talked about it. Luke 10. So as we begin to close in this series, look at Luke 10. Let's see how the New Testament writers approached it. Luke 10, verse 18 to 19. Luke 10, verse 18 to 19. I think we've had a good time in this uh, fall, Falling World series. Rebellion, right? Rebellion of Genesis 11. Uh, Genesis 6. Rebellion of Genesis uh, 3. So, are you, seeing, are you seeing how a fresh start, that exhortation on the fresh start comes again? That God is always trying to start again, right? So, are you seeing that anytime? So are you saying that what Moses wrote when he says in the beginning God created heaven and earth? That means okay, there's a day he did it, right? Supernatural, but they're giving you a background. And God's um, darkness was upon the face of the deep. So are you saying that in Genesis three there was darkness, Genesis six there was darkness, Genesis eleven there was darkness? What did God do? He said, "Let there be light." Are you saying that there's always a comeback? There's always been, always been a comeback. And let me tell you something there. God, let me, look at me and don't, don't be, be intelligent with what I say. God did not create a perfect man. No man is perfect. In fact, God is not trying to see. God likes you in your imperfection. <laughs> it does. Because that's why you are a man. That's why the only perfect one is the perfect savior. <laughs> He's the only one. Mm. 
it does. That's why he, he wants you to be dependent on him. Because you are not perfect. Are you getting what I'm saying? He never created a perfect man, no. So that means once that's why I tell people the, the best prayer to pray is sometimes. I've started I've started telling people, not I tell people. <laughs> no. I don't used to tell people. But one of the first things I started telling people now is just say, Lord help me. It's the simplest prayer to pray. God help me, I beg. Because he, he seek for his help. I think I had to share that in most of our fellowships recently about that help. I remember, first, remember? I had to share that help thing. I remember I'll, I'll, I'll flesh it out next year. So look at that Luke 10, verse 18 to 19. It says, And he said unto them, I bear Satan as lightning fall from heaven, and I give unto you powers, power to tread upon serpent and scorpion, over all the power of the enemy, and what? Nothing shall what? By enemies what? But look at how he says, I give you power to tread upon what? Can we, can we say that supernatural? Uh, so when he says, look at, now go back to that, our popular Mark. Mark 16, that we used to do. Our pop, I call it the, our popular Mark 16. I think there's nobody in this church that won't know that scripture. Because we, we, we quote that scripture almost every time. Look at Mark 16, where it says in verse um, 18, and you shall take up what? So that means if you don't understand the subject of Genesis 3, you'll be missing the details here. Are you seeing it, guys? Uh, it says you shall take up suffered. Uh, and we have looked at um, 2 Corinthians 11, right? We look at 2 Corinthians. Let's go back to 2 Corinthians 11. 2 Corinthians 11. 2 Corinthians 11, verse 3 to 4. So he says you can take up serpents and any deadly thing, not shall by any means hurt you. The venomous words, can we say that? Can we say the accuser? Can we say uh, his deception? Uh, look at that, 2 Corinthians 11.3. By fear, by enemies, as the serpent beguiled Eve, through his subtlety, so your mind should be corrupted for the civility that is in Christ. So, and who was Paul referring to here? In Genesis, in this place, he relates the serpent deception to Eve. And he says that is, and this was he was talking about somebody preaching another gospel and all of those things, and how he was deceived by a spiritual and spiritual being. And he says the serpent. And if look at how he even said it in verse four. He now says, for he that comment and preach another Jesus whom we have not received, or if you have not seen, we shall receive any other gospel that you have not accepted, and all of those things. He said it. You look at it in verse 14 of that same place. It says, But no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Uh, when he says Satan there, Satan is from the Greek word Satanas. S-A-T-A-N-A-S. Satanas. And it implies an accuser or one who opposes. An accuser or one who opposes. And Paul is referring to the devil. Are you seeing it? Paul was just referring to the devil there. Look at Revelations 12, verse 9. See how John spoke about him. Look at Revelations 12, verse 9. Revelations 12, verse 9. Look at how Paul spoke about him here. Or John, sorry. Look at how John described the serpent. Are you there? I want you to see it. Revelations 12, verse 9. It says, and look at this. It says, that great dragon was cast down, was cast out. That what? Hold. They use the word. They use the word hold. So that means... 
you have you must have read Genesis for you for that description of wood serpent and that's a word called what the devil the devil and Satan so that means the role of supernatural being is seen is emphatic and we have it today so that means spirits are behind sin have you seen it that sin is spiritual it's not physical. You see, we have to approach this gospel again properly. Uh, so that means um, Paul thought of a possibility of an angel from heaven preaching another gospel. Even in, even in Galatians 1, verse 6 to 10, Paul was warning them and saying, if you are an angel from heaven comes to you and preach another gospel that we have not preached, let it be accused. Go there now, Galatians 1. He was telling them, Galatians 1, that, ah. So that means... Today we still have supernatural beings. See all this wrong doctrine, false doctrine that is for permeated today. So we say, where is the Antichrist? The Antichrist is already around. He's in churches. He's in the sermons that we preach. Anything that opposes Christ is an Antichrist. There's no, listen to me, hear me. There is no Antichrist that is coming, that is waiting. One being, alone. that's film trick. <laughs> That's film trickle. There's a one bean we come. Come up and give everybody six, six, six. I remember when I was much younger. <laughs> they, this, the, way, the way they explain it to me, they say, if you don't collect the six, six, six where you are here, if you, if you do not go, you will fight the Antichrist and you, you will pay with your blood. So, me, I just thought to myself, I still have hope. <laughs> it means just to fight. So, I would have to watch all this uh, Kung Fu, Shoo Shoo, so that I can learn how we fight the Antichrist. You are just deceived. It's a lie. There's no Antichrist that is coming anyway. Antichrist is already around. He has been around. Some say it's Osama Mose. It's Osama Mose. Some say it's Barack Obama. Some say it's Adolf Hitler. Some say it's the. Oh. You keep guessing your way to hell. There's no. The only Antichrist is already around. It's in the doctrine we preach. The doctrine. Paul said it here. He said. I marvel that you so and so removed from the green that coin. He says, which is not another. He says, but, look at the verse 8. But though we or an angel from him preach another gospel. Ah. So that means the New Testament authors did not deviate from making us to see that supernatural beings are involved in man's rebellion. So it's better, so it's good to also observe that the book of Genesis, Adam's sin was an archetypal story. What does archetypal mean? That is, no specific account action, and that is because there was no figurative, the tree was figurative and all of those things. Was archetypal to it to show us how sin has been occurred, so the choice of life and death. And that's why you see in Deuteronomy 30, verse 11 to 20, I think we did that in Legend Belight, the choices of life and death. So that is to choose life is to eat to God. To choose death is to disobey God and follow other gods. So when those things say, thou shalt not make any grave we made before me. Thou shalt not worship any other god. Are you seeing it now? Supernatural beings. That Ten Commandments. Are you saying that Ten Commandments is irrelevant in today's world? Thou shalt not worship any other god, they said to me. Thou shalt not make yourself a grave we image. Are you seeing it? Is it not still relevant in that today's world? Don't say it's the Old Testament. It's the Christ that first showed me that thing to say that there's a difference between the, the Ten Commandments and the law. 
Ah, there's, there's a difference. The third command, the, the third commandment is still, is still applicable in our today's world. He says, you should not worship any other gods before me. You now know the gods. Supernatural beings, the devils, right? Spirits, not believing the gospel, eh, following or being deceived, another gospel. Are you seeing it? That's worshiping a strange idol. That's worshiping a strange god. So that means you have shown death. You did not believe the gospel. So Israel and Adam were seen in those similar situations. Choices were presented to them. Israel, Adam, choices were presented to them. Choose life or choose death. And they chose death. So it's to show us that the writer was drawing a parallel story of Adam and the nation of Israel to communicate God's plan or God's promise to their world or, and their response to it. So Adam's story, what does Adam's story teach us? Adam's story shows us a more clearly and an archetypal story of what disobedience is and the consequences of disobedience. So Adam and Eve's story should be understood as an archetypal, not prototype. It's just an archetypal story. And it was an archetype of what rebellion or disobedience is. It's just to show us that, see guys, this is what this is actually how rebellion looks like. This is actually what sin looks like. This is actually what disobedience looks like. And it's not to teach us how every man became a sinner. You did not become a sinner. And that's why I think now that we have done this now, it's right for us to put out. There's a sermon I did. You need to even hear that one. To, it will help you. The, the sermon I did some years ago, did we sin in Adam? I think it's now, and now we can put that sermon out. <laughs> because it's to make you see that Adam's sin did not automatically make anybody. Are you, are you sin just from looking at it? Did you become a sinner now with what Adam did? Is it you? Is it you that related with the supernatural being? Is it your fault? How did that one now became, make everybody the world become a sinner? So we should stop blaming Adam. You blame yourself. Are you getting what I'm saying? Hey. Are you seeing Adam's story is just an archetypal story to show you what sin is, rebellion is, how man interacted with supernatural beings and yield to other spirits. That's to tell you that I can anybody can yield to any spirit today. Are you seeing it? Have you not seen people that you preach the gospel to before? And they were Christians, they came to church, and the next thing, the next time you saw them, they, they just, their heart is so hardened like rock. What do you think is happening? They yielded to a spirit now. Eh, that's actually how it works, supernatural and natural. So when we are now praying, when Paul now says the weapons of our warfare is not carnal, but they are mighty towards the stronghold of the pulling down, he now says, he now says that um, even that says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, against principalities and power. Are you seeing it? Those are the powers. That is that we can't even understand the principalities and powers without understanding the supernatural world. So. Before you castigate, die by fire. Sometimes. I, I castigate it because I don't believe that that should be the entire doctrine of a ministry. I don't believe it. I don't. I believe that the authority, authority should be most prominent. The authority of the believer should be well taught rather than encouraging mm, things like that. It's, it's to sh things like that is showing you how much you don't have authority. It's giving those things leverage. But it's those things. Does, does that mean. Can, can you, now, this, this is a question I've had to battle over the years. Can a believer be, can a believer be possessed? Uh, can a believer be oppressed? No. There's a difference between possession and oppressor. Can a believer now be oppressed? Why not? Can some people oppress him in the night? Why not? But what, what should he know? His authority. 
He has to know that he has power over that thing. That, oh, so can he dream an evil dream? I dreamed a dream. I told you years ago. I dreamed a dream. And I remember that I had conflicts in my dream. And I knew, and that woman that, that served me the conflict, she's, she's purported to be, we looked at, we looked at her like a witch. And immediately I remember the dream, I fell sick. But imagine they taught me my authority. And that's because of the kind of doctrine I've had. So I use that doctrine even has spirits in it. That's because of the type of doctrine I had that if you eat your dream, you, you will fall sick, you will die. They tell you if you drink coke, it means you drown blood. Then you eat meat, you've eaten poison. Oh, rubbish things. Eat, asking no question for conscience sake. I will eat. If it's, it now seems like the time I know the truth, food stop coming to my gym again. That's why they're not paying me the most. It now seems like when I knew the truth, I stopped seeing the food. So it shows you that, uh, you see why, the, you see, then those people are in that place. Now look at it too. Do you know that? It seems like some people, they are delivered and they are free in that place, right? But yet, they will still go and eat their gym because of the kind of doctrine they've yielded to. They will now still see that they still have more problems. I used like the devil is, key, is dealing with them there more. <laughs> That's why authority has to be emphasized. Man has authority. So could Adam have said, leave here, yes. So it was an archetype story. And it's too, you see that too, every man did not sin in Adam. No, Adam is his own. You, you are your own. You can't blame So if it is Adam, God will not judge you now. God should be judging Adam. <laughs> but every man will stand on his judgment seat. Are you seeing it? Uh, so, you was also see Cain and Abel's story. We looked at that. How, and we said Cain and Abel soon to where Cain sinned and Abel did not. And we, we said that this also had to deal with rebellion also. And um, Cain's uh, sacrifices was accepted and all of those things. And... Um, I think we will look, probably we'll have to look at Genesis 4 issue properly. And um, I'll, I'll have to teach that, but not even on Sunday. We'll look at Genesis 4 again and we'll crack it up. Does that make sense? But it will be in this series, but it will just be uh, Genesis 3 4 issues. Are you getting one? So that we can just look at what Cain and Abel did again. Uh, but I think we are seeing sin again in a clearer light. Supernatural world, it has rebellion, it has. Um, um, issues with it. It has same rebellion issue. It has supernatural work on this. So you see that man is supernatural. Man relates with both realms. And um, these are the basic things the believer needs to know. You see that even the New Testament writers approach it in that same light. But one thing you must understand is your authority. That means you must be careful of what you watch. You must be careful of what you see. You must be careful of what, who you relate with. Because this world, the activities, Things around are backed by spirits, and you can easily yield to them. Are you seeing it? Amen. All right.